Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, so that we can help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. You can always join us in person each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 here on our beautiful campus in Rock Spring, Georgia. Being here, Hey, let me say this, in your seats, every other seat is one of these cards. This is for dad to take notes on this morning. I am preaching to men, not just dads, but dads and men. Men, this is for you to take home and to... Uh, Write your sermon notes on and to keep this in some place where you will have it. So would all the men make sure you have one in your hand. Ladies, make sure uh, the man has one in your hand. And men, would you take notes? Or uh, if, if maybe you're the wife, you want to take notes for your husband this morning. Uh, however y'all want to work that out. But that is for your notes today. And I, I'm finishing up today my last sermon in a sermon series entitled Glue, uh, Making Your Family Stick. Because a lot of times we talk about our families coming unglued. If you want to listen to any of the other sermons, I appreciate Nathan and Jeremy filled in a couple weeks for me, did a great job. And, and all these sermons are on our app. If you want to go back and watch or listen to those, I'd encourage you to do that. But we're going to end it up today on Father's Day. And I don't often, even on Mother's Day, I don't preach to ladies or mothers. I preach on the family. But today I do want to do something that I normally don't do, and that's preach to a specific group of people and that's the men in the room. Now, men, let me tell you this. We're really excited about something coming up in September. We're going to have our first ever man church here at Peavine. And we're going to do it on a Sunday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some extracurricular activities for men to do. And we're going to go down to the Epic Center. And we're going to have church just for the men. No girls allowed, you know. And we'll put little signs up they used to put up outside your uh, treehouse when you were a boy. It says no girls allowed. It's going to be no girls allowed. And we're going to talk about men's stuff and worship uh, uh, just for me. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. And so just mark that down. It'll be a Sunday in September and you'll hear about it as we go forward, man church. But today let me preach just to the men. Here, here's what I want to preach on today. Very practical. Five verses every dad should be praying. Five verses every dad, every man should be praying. So guys, here's what I want to do today. And I'll explain it in a moment. I want to help us as men with our prayer life. So let's talk about being a dad. Being a dad is not as easy as you think it would be. As a matter of fact, television makes being a dad either look incredibly easy or incredibly hard. And I found a, a, a ranker that ranked the television dads in order of which dad do you wish was yours? What TV dad do you wish was your own dad? And I mean, some of these are hard to live up to, but let me start with the most popular one and then I'll go down to the least popular one. So for example, number one was uh, uh, Sheriff Andy Taylor. Hey, if you'd want Andy Taylor as your dad, clap your hands, right? You, you, uh, you can't, well, your dad's sitting next to you, so I know that's awkward. But uh, uh, number two, Pa Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie. Love that. Number three, Howard Cunningham from Happy Days. Number four, uh, Ward Cleaver, Leave It to Beaver. A little bit before my time, these, these two, Jim Anderson, Father Knows Best. I, I, I'm not old enough really to remember those shows. Denny remembers those, but I'm not old enough <laughs> to remember those shows. Uh, here's my, my, Mike Brady from the Brady Bunch. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Tim Taylor from Home Improvement made the list, right? That's right. I've never seen this show uh, Reverend Eric Camden, some seventh heaven. I don't know who that is or what that is. I'm a little disappointed that the preacher didn't make it, but way down the list. And uh, Danny Tanner from Full House. Lord help me, I wouldn't want that. And uh, uh, we're, we're getting on down the list. Philip Banks from The Fresh Prince. 
of Bel Air. It's all I do not to sing that theme song. How many people know the theme song to Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah. West Philadelphia born. Right here, I won't do that. Peter Griffith from The Family Guy. We're getting down to the scrum here. Dan Connor from Roseanne. Now, I'm down to my last two. Last two. And the next to last one would be probably my last because I don't want this creepy guy as my dad. Gomez Adams from the Adams family. A little spookier than I want to get. Now I'm down, we're down to the last one. TV dad, who do you least want to be your dad? Somebody guess. Al Bundy's a good guess. Somebody else? Archie Bunker's a good guess too. Wow. Anybody else? No. Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. We'd probably all take Andy Taylor over Homer and Simpson, but I want to be honest with you, in reality, TV dads aren't the best dads. TV dads are not practical. The best dads, I would say, are the ones that walk with God. The best dads in real life are the ones that invest in their families. The best dads are the ones that lead their families. The best dads are the ones that are concerned about the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of their families. I would say this, that the best dads are the ones that pray for their families. Why is that? Because as dads we know, as strong as we may be, we need the hand and the help of God to be a father. We, we need the help of God for our families. We need the help of God for ourselves. And that's why prayer is so important for us as men because we need something beyond ourselves. I've told you this before, but it's an absolute true story. When Savannah was in a hospital and we were bringing her home, I looked at Sherry as we were getting her dressed in a dress and we had our discharge papers and I said, they're just letting us walk out of here. Like, there's no test. I mean, I had to get... I, I had to get a test for a driver's license. Should I not need a test to carry a human being home with me and a small one at that? And it's about that time you realize you need the hand and the help of God. And so then we, it's not hard to convince us we need to pray, but then sometimes it's hard as men to figure out what to pray. And one of, one of the joys I've had in my own personal prayer life over the years is when I look through the Bible. I'm, I'm reading my Bible right now. I'm on a two-year reading plan in my Bible. I don't always read through my Bible every year. A lot of times I, I get very specific in books and passages and those kind of things. But I, it's been a little bit since I've read through my entire Bible. So I'm on a two-year reading plan so I can take my time going through it. And I love doing that because what happens is I see verses I've never seen before. And even, even in the past six months, I've incorporated so many Bible verses into my personal prayer life because when the Word of God and the will of God and the Spirit of God align, great things can happen in prayer. I want to pray the Word of God. God's already agreed with His Word, so if I'm just asking for what God's already said, it seems like it ought to be an easier prayer to answer. So what I want to do today is give you five prayers, men, that I think we ought to pray every time we pray. So write these down. Number one is this, create in me a clean heart. It's a prayer of David after he had committed adultery. He was, he was um, asking God for forgiveness. And verse 10 is a prayer that's been in my prayer life for years when I'm asking forgiveness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit 
within me. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It would be great if being a dad came with a with an instruction manual. Wouldn't it be great that when you left the hospital, they handed you a little 50-page booklet entitled The 12-Step Program to Raising a Perfect Child? Wouldn't that be great, dads? And when they were like one and they started crying and you turned over to page two and it said, when your baby is crying, do this and he will quit crying automatically. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great when you got about chapter five and they said, Your child is 15. He is now stupid. (laughs) You know, because you were stupid at 15 too, right? Like, you know. Here's what you do to make him or her not stupid now. And you will have a perfect child. They don't give you a manual like that. Because every child is different and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to blow it and I'm going to blow it and we're going to mess up. And that's why every day we need to go to the Lord with this prayer, create in me a clean heart, heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. There's two things in that verse. Number one, there is a prayer of pardon. That means every day I need a clean heart, a heart that is right before God and man. Every day, you, you, men, you should come before the Lord and ask God to forgive you of your sins. Look for any error in your ways to clean up your heart life, to clean up your thought life, to clean up your words, to clean up your emotions. Every man needs a daily cleansing of the heart, forgiveness of the heart. And when you, when you ask for forgiveness, here's what it does. It forces you to deal with the sin in your life. Because too oftentimes we have undealt with sin floating around in our lives. We have undealt with shortcomings floating around in our lives. We have things in our life that we have swept under the rug and we have not dealt with those. And it just stays in our heart. And I want to tell you, undealt with sin, unrepentant sin, not having forgiveness in your life, that doesn't mean your sin just magically disappears. It stays in your heart. The National Park Service tweeted out this picture back in December. After a storm had blown through Virginia, a hurricane came up that direction. They were cleaning up on the shore, and they found a bag of Doritos. And what was interesting about the bag of Doritos was they noticed the design was not a design they'd seen before. And they started looking around on the bag, and right over here, they discovered the date 1979. The Doritos company actually confirmed that this was a bag of Doritos. It's not, this design went out of print, no, no retro print, no anything. The last time this bag was printed in 1979, here's what the National Park Service said. This bag of Doritos had been floating in the ocean for 40 years. It had not faded. It had not deteriorated. I don't know what the Doritos taste like, but the bag was still in good condition. And the National Park Service put out a warning that, you know, garbage that floats in the ocean tends to stay in the ocean. It doesn't just go away. And I read that and I thought, that's the same thing with sin in our hearts. We hold on to sin, men, and we hold on to wrong men, and we hold on to things that we should be going to God and getting forgiveness for. And sometimes we get the idea, well, God has forgotten about that. He hasn't. It's still floating around in your heart. And that's why every day we need to pray, create in me a clean heart, oh God. It's a prayer of pardon, but number two, it's also a prayer of uh, perseverance as well. 
a prayer of perseverance. What do you mean by that? I mean, it says, renew a steadfast spirit within me. That is a spirit that is prone to do the right thing. Men, we need to be praying for a persevering spirit, a spirit that presses on doing right, a spirit that presses on fighting the enemy, a a spirit that presses on loving our families and serving the Lord, a a persevering spirit that not only uh, uh, gets forgiveness for mistakes, but even keeps us from uh, making mistakes. One prayer is to come clean. The other prayer is to screen the sin out of my life. One is, once it's there, to get rid of it. One is to keep it from even getting there. Create in me a clean heart, O God. The King James says, renew a right spirit within me or renew a steadfast spirit in me. Every day, we ought to pray, creating me a clean heart. Number two, every day we ought to pray, set no wicked thing. Here's Psalm 101.3. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I'll hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Now listen, it has been proven by psychology and science over and over again. This is not a... Baptist preacher's summation, this is just true, and I'm making a general statement and brushing, painting with a broad brush. In general, men are visual creatures, women are emotional. Men are visual, women are emotional. So here's what that means on one level. That a man will get in trouble through his eyes and that a woman will get in trouble through her emotions. A man will get in trouble through what he sees. A woman will get in trouble through what he feels. That's why Psalm 101.3 is in the Bible specifically geared towards men. Number one, it is a prayer of avoidance. That we are to set nothing wicked before our eyes. Men, if we get in trouble, it is typically going to be from our eyes that we should not want anything indecent in front of our eyes. We should not want anything inappropriate in front of our eyes because our eyes are what get us into trouble. And I can't talk about this subject with this generation without talking about the awful scourge of pornography. Do you know how bad pornography is? 12% of all websites are pornographic websites. 70% of men 18 to 24 visit a pornographic site monthly. 25% of all internet searches are pornographic. And this one is so disturbing. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornography websites. There is a prayer of avoidance that we need to pray. Men, you are playing with fire when you are messing with porn. You have to be careful what you put in front of your eyes. That is on your television. That is on your social media. That is on your phone. The, men, the devil is ruining the lives of men by what they put in front of their eyes. It's a prayer of avoidance. Number two, it's a prayer of acquaintance. Let me show you, let me show you this verse in a different translation. I refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. Man, that really describes point number one as well. So much better. I'll I'll refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar, but I hate those who deal crookedly. I'll have nothing to do with them. Men, it also matters who you hang out with. You can't say, well, I'm the good guy in my group. I don't do what all they do. No, the psalmist said to hate those who are dealing in wrong. To pray every day that your relationships stay pure. And a daily prayer is I, I'll set nothing vile and vulgar before my eyes and I won't even hang out with those who do wrong. It's a prayer of avoidance. It's a prayer of acquaintance. Number three, 
Every day, men, we ought to pray to be strong in the Lord. I love how Ephesians closes out, specifically the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is a verse that immediately speaks into the heart and life of the man. As a matter of fact, Paul uses a, 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 a male personal pronoun. He says, finally, my brethren, men, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It is a verse and a series of verses that specifically talk about men going into battle. Men, can, can, can you hear me now? You are not to be a sideline participant in Christianity or the church. You are not meant to be passive. You are meant to be active. There's two things in that. Number one, there is a prayer for muscle. Now, that's not physical muscle. Like, don't be praying, Lord, let me look like the preacher. You know what I mean? That's just awkward <laughs> prayer, men, and, and not physical muscle, but spiritual muscle. Men, we ought to pray daily about our walk with God. Be, be strong in the Lord. Let me tell you, in the Greek, that is what's happening on the inside of your life. Be strong in the Lord is what's going on on the inside of you. And we ought to be praying, Lord, help me have a strong walk with God. God, help me have a strong prayer life. Hey, let me have a strong Bible life. Let me have a strong spiritual life. Can it, man, let me tell you this. The forces that are coming against you are strong. Pray that you're stronger. I mean, Paul's going to go on and talk about strong, dark forces that are coming against you. That's for no weakling. Pray for muscle, but number two, pray for might. Be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Here's the interesting thing in the Greek. The, the word uh, strong, that, that's what's happening on the inside of you. When he gets to the word might, that's how what's on inside of you is working its way out of you. The power of his might working through you. It's the ability to put muscle into action. And then he goes on in, in chapter 6. Go read it, man. It's a great verse. Uh, I pray almost all of chapter 6 in my prayer life every day that I would stand against the wiles of the devil, that we're going to wrestle the dark world, and God help me come out victorious, that we're going to put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet shod with peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and finally, the sword of the Spirit. God help me take this spiritual muscle and put it in action it's the picture of a warrior going into battle men we ought to pray every day that you can be a warrior who is strong in the lord and get this don't continually be a victim be a victor in the christian life i mean i won't ask you to raise your hand to say amen but don't, don't we sometimes just get tired of failing and falling in the christian life Paul said, stop it. Don't be weak in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Pray every day, God, give me strength in the Lord. So the fourth thing we ought to pray for, that is every day you ought to pray for your family. There's two verses. Both are in my prayer time. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for Ephesians 6, 4, and your fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the training of the Lord. Men, it, it is false to you because if, men, can I tell you something? If you aren't praying for your wife, chances are nobody is. Men, men if you aren't praying for your children, chances are nobody is. So if we're not going to do it, who, who do you think is going to be doing it? So let me give you a little 
Six things, easy, simple things you can write down and pray for them every day. Number one, pray for protection physically and spiritually. Like that's an easy prayer when your 16-year-old gets a driver's license, right? Lord, protect them. But I'm going to tell you, that's a prayer to pray spiritually every day of their lives. Lord, protect them from the lies of the enemy. Protect their hearts from the fiery darts of the enemy. Number two, pray for their salvation. I have prayed for my kids to be saved and know they're saved all their lives. Still, I I pray for my kids that they would walk in the power of knowing they are saved. And two, Two months ago tomorrow, I had the privilege of adding my grandson to my prayer list. And I've got written in my notes, he has his own little box in my prayer notes. And it says Jackson. And the first thing on it is that as soon as he would understand the gospel that he would be saved. You say, don't you think it's a little early? I don't think it's ever too early. Eternity is a long, long time to be wrong. Number three, pray for their sanctification. That is their their daily walk with God. Number, Number four, pray for their decisions in life. I pray with my family. It's not unusual for them to give me requests or me just to know. Everything they, they're struggling with, I turn into a prayer request for them on a daily basis. Number five, I pray for their success, not as the world defines success, but as God would define it. I pray for their success on their, in their jobs, in their careers, in their life, in so many areas. And then number six, pray for your relationship. I pray daily that the Lord would help me love my wife. Men, get this. You might want to look here because this is hard. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I'll admit, Sherry, that's hard. It tells us, men, we aren't called into the family to be served. We are called to be servants in the family. Lord, help me to guide my children. And that prayer's changed over the years. That's that's one prayer when they're seven, that's another prayer when they're 17, and then that's another prayer when they're married and have their own families. Men, pray for your family every day. And fight number five, and I'm done. Make me a successful man. I love this verse. As a matter of fact, I found this verse months ago when I was reading through the book of Genesis again. I love it. Psalm 39, uh, Psalm, Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The Bible says that God was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Man, was he ever a successful man. Now, if you don't know about Joseph, let me tell you about Joseph. Joseph's brothers did not like him, and they sold him into slavery. As a slave, he wound up in a guy named Potiphar's house, and Potiphar recognized that the hand of God was on Joseph's life because everything he touched turned to gold, and Potiphar put him over his whole house, and Potiphar said, Joseph, you run my whole house, you run my whole business, I'm going to travel, and he did, and God blessed Potiphar's house, and financially, his house was great, but his wife got, kind of got an eye toward uh, Joseph, and it wound up getting him in trouble. He ran away, but she lied about him, and, and Joseph wound up in prison. But when Joseph went to prison, guess what? He still had the favor of God upon him, and the Lord was still with Joseph, and Joseph was still a successful man. And in prison, Joseph ran the prison for the guards and the, whoever was in charge. And finally got brought in front of Pharaoh. 
Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph that Pharaoh put Joseph over all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said, hey, Joseph, you just do your thing. I'm going to sit back and take it easy. And I'm just going to watch God bless you, bless my kingdom through you. That's exactly what happened. God blessed Egypt because Joseph uh, was, had the touch of God on his life. The Lord was with Joseph. And he made Joseph a successful man in everything he did. And so Genesis 39 verse 2 the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and I said hey God if you'll do it for Joseph why won't you do it for me there's two components to that prayer number one it's about who I am the Lord was with Joseph men get this that means I have to be a man the Lord wants to be with that involves two things commitment and character commitment to the cause of Christ and the character that is reflected in the word of God a biblical character that is reflected in these pages God cannot just be with any man we can't live any old way and have the hand of God with us no it takes the commitment and character of a godly man for the Lord to be with us and so when I pray that prayer Lord help me to be a man that you desire to be with it's who I am and number two it's what I do. Make me a successful man. Successful in business and family and kingdom and church and relationships and finances and character. You say, well, preacher, is it okay to pray for success? Well, if it bothers you, you can pray for failure if you want to. But I find failure comes pretty naturally all on its own. I don't even have to pray for that. But if he did it for Joseph, why can't I pray that prayer? Every day. Five verses. Every day should be praying. Would you close your Bibles and close your notes? I'm going to end with a stupid story. Can I have permission to do something stupid right now? Say amen. Because it's pretty stupid when I put it on the screen. Anybody recognize that? It even has a song with it. How many of you know the song? Perfect. Let's sing it. Ready? Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer. That is what I... Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. That is about the dumbest song ever. There's a whole story behind that song. I want to tell you the story behind that song. You can look it up. Whole story behind that song. That song was written like 50 years ago. This is the Wienermobile. Uh, Oscar Mayer has been running this thing around the United States since 1936. Not this one, but one that looked like this one. Uh, you know, they replaced them many times over the years. And this thing used to go around America and it used to hand out hot dogs and they'd grill out and even had a jet pack at one time. They were doing uh, uh, hot dogs with it. But did you know that in California, this, 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 this is the very one. This thing is for sale. You can buy this right now. Unless somebody's bought it in the last couple of weeks, you can buy it. The guy who bought it says in his ad, he bought it to use as a daily commuter car. <laughs> and here's what he says. The Wienermobile as a daily driver was a novelty and enjoyable for about a week. Now I suffer. That was the last words in the ad, now I suffer. He bought this thing to drive back and forth to work 
I think it was in California. Yeah. And it didn't work out as a commuter car. Now, let me ask you a question. If it's obvious to you, this would not be a good commuter car. Let me, let me see your hand. Like you're saying, that's obvious to me. Because right. some things are just obvious. I told you it was a dumb story, but can I tell you this? It ought to be just that obvious that men need to pray. As obvious as it is, you shouldn't drive this back and forth to work every day. Men, it ought to be fairly obvious to you that we need to be on our knees every single day. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? I want to give the invitation in parts today, and here's what I'd like to do. If you're here today, while our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, our staff is going to be here at the front. If you'd like to know that when you died for sure, that Christ is in your life and heaven is your home. Listen to me. That is not something you can get wrong. That is not something you can hope so. Eternity is far too long for you to be wrong. And the Bible says this, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Has there ever been a time in your life when you bowed your head and you prayed and asked Christ to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and give you a home in heaven? If you haven't done that, you need to do that today. And our staff is here. Listen, they'll love on you. They'll answer any questions you have. They'll pray with you this morning. If you want to be saved, just come take one by the hand. If If you're here today and you want to join our church, you want to be baptized, as we saw those baptized earlier, just come take one of these guys by the hand and say, I want to be I want to join the church. I want to be baptized and they'll walk you through that process. Now, men, don't don't just. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week, helping you to apply God's word to your daily life. For more information about Peavine, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at our website, www.peavine.org. Thanks for listening.